And welcome to another edition of On the Board Sports. My name is Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. Joined by my main man, William Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. Will, how you doing, sir? I'm doing awesome right now. Just made a little pit stop over here at Nassau Coliseum. I'm at Nassau Coliseum right now, looking at the ice, looking at my seats for this upcoming season. So it's just awesome with a capital A. And, you know, Nassau Coliseum right now looks beautiful. Hopefully, you know, it could come back to the barn obviously with all the energy so i cannot wait for the season to come up plenty to talk about we'll have our hockey preview and our islanders preview as well since we are both islanders fans but sean we got a lot to talk about bro we do well before we get into some baseball i saw you went to a islanders was it a um i saw you went to a a rookie it was a rookie uh it was a rookie uh it was a rookie game between the flyers and the Islanders over at their practice facility in East Meadow. And I was so that. it was nice to see. And how was that? Like, how did it go? Oh, uh, it looked like pretty good. You know, the Islanders wound up losing the game 6-3. to three, But, you know, a couple of fluky goals here and there by the Flyers. But that's not the point. The point is that, you know, you get to see some of the young talent, like uh, Noah Dobson playing their first-round first, first round draft pick. Right. Their defenseman, uh, you know, Joshua Hosang. Obviously, uh, he was on the team for a little while, and he got called down for whatever reason it was. I kind of didn't agree with it, but whatever. You know what? Um, and then you get guys like Cold Wild. Uh, you know, you get a couple other people as well mm-hmm. on there. So it, it's just it, it's it's awesome to say the very least to see. So honestly, I cannot I cannot wait for this upcoming <laughs> season. So I know I'm hyped up. I know I'm pumped. I know there's a couple of fans listening in to the podcast. And believe me, true people who are on this year is going to be the slogan for this team. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, yes, we will definitely have our NHL preview coming up real, real soon. Well, let's get into some baseball. Well, the Yankees. Well, the Yankees. Well, from since we last spoke, the Yankees, they've been kind of up and down, losing some games here, winning some games there. Well, I'm not going to lie. I haven't been paying too much attention to the Yankees the past few days because of work and other things. But, well, I was kind of surprised that I saw that. I don't know if it changed or not, but Oakland was only one game back in terms of wildcard spot number one. And I remember us, well, mostly me talking about, yeah, you know, even if, even if you know, they don't win the East, at least they're going to host the wild card game. Well, that's not a guarantee now. So in terms of how they've been playing in terms of, you know, how you're feeling about them finishing the year and whether they're going to host a game or not, what are your thoughts on the 27 time world champions? Well, um, you know what, right now, obviously they're going through a, a rough stretch to say the very least with, uh, with regards to the pinstripes, but you know what, it's kind of expected. They started off the year hot, say the very least. Now they're in their little cool stretch, but that's okay. Um, they still have a two-game lead. Is it time to panic? Not yet. I mean, it's time to panic when you're tied with Oakland and, you know, you keep on losing games down the stretch to mediocre teams, but that's all right. You got to have some optimism, and with optimism comes hope. So, you know, there's plenty to hope about with the Yankees, and, you know, I'm not worried about this team at all, not one bit. Obviously, Aaron Judge is off the disabled list as of today, Friday, you know, so he he cannot swing a bat yet, but, you know, just having his presence there in the locker room, I think, speaks volumes to 
through the Yankees and seeing him, you know, in in that clubhouse is just an absolutely phenomenal thing to have. Um, the pitching staff has the one thing that worries me with the Yankees is their starting rotation, mm-hmm. uh, without a shadow of a doubt. They just have to get they got to get on on the ball with with regards to that. So, you know, obviously Jay have coming over. He he's been pitching good. Uh, you know, uh, Lance Lynn. He's been pitching good as well. Severino, he's hitting the second-year wall just about. C.C. Uh, Sabathia, again, another guy. You know, how long can you rely on, the, on a veteran guy like him? I know he's been in clutch, to say the very least, but, you know, with the Yankees, they just got to go out there and play, and they cannot worry about what, what Oakland's doing because Oakland's going to win games. They're a talented team, no doubt. No doubt about it. They're going to feel like we said a couple of shows prior – when they went on their when they went on their what twenty six and three uh, streak at that time, I believe mm-hmm. they had one of the best in fields in all of the league. So right. you know, and they still do. Now, keep in mind they lost Sean Manea to a to a devastating injury, so he's out for the year, I believe. Uh, you know, Trevor Cahill, I think, is also out for the year. He's on the ten day DL. He, he's probably going to be coming back. But like I said, to play. At Oakland Coliseum, to have all that foul territory really does help out a lot. So, you know, we'll see what happens over there with the Yankees. But, you know, it's just it's just a lot of things, man, that that ulti- that ultimately needs to be said with this team. And I, right now, am I worried? A little bit, but not yet. I'll start worrying maybe a week or two before the season ends. Yeah, well, well, we've spoken about them taking. Tr- taking care or sometimes lack thereof, taking care of teams that they're supposed to. Well, these three games over the weekend against Toronto, well, they have to sweep these guys. They really, really do. They got to take care of a business. Well, they're in a very nice stretch where they're home for three against the Blue Jays. They're home for three against the Red Sox. And then they're home still against um, the Blue Baltimore. Well, that the the Toronto and the Baltimore series, those have to be six wins. And you know those what? Those have to, to be six to talk wins. About, absolutely, but to talk about Baltimore, Baltimore's got a Triple A team out there, but you cannot, you know, question that Triple A mentality with what Buck Showalter is putting out there. I mean, those guys are playing hard every day, and to say to talk about Toronto, they've been having themselves in on a subpar year. But, you know, they, the Yankees have – Baltimore has played the Yankees tough. So, it, like I said, dude, the Yankees got to go out there and just play and just not make mistakes. Well, what, in, in terms of the struggles that they've had because they did lose their last game to the Twins, one of the worst teams in the league, well, if you could pinpoint outside of the starting role – Station, uh, like you said, if if you could pinpoint like what's been going on with them, like where would you put the nail on it and say, you know what, this is this and this are the reasons why they haven't been playing uh, playing well. You know what, you know what, man, I, w- I wish I could pinpoint what's been going on with this team. Uh, you know, there's a lot of injuries and that have happened to this team. You know, Aaron Judge going down hurts a lot. Terry Sanchez going down hurts a lot, but. With that, guys have come through. You know, the Austin Romines of the world. Everybody like that has come through. 
you know, I, I don't know. I mean, can you really put it on uh, Aaron Boone, per se? Uh, can you put it on the, you know, the, the coaching staff of the Yankees? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, it's just a lull at this point for me. And it's happening at the wrong time of year. But again, I'm not panicking yet, Sean. You know, I'm not panicking yet. I don't know where, where to pinpoint, you know, what's been going on. Because this team right now, if they do not make it to the playoffs, well, they will, you know. But if they play up against Oakland and lose against Oakland at the Coliseum in, in Oakland, it's going to remind me of that 2008 team that made all these moves at the deadline to get Pudge Rodriguez, you know, when Posada went down, uh, to get the Samo Marte and Xavier Nady, and then to ultimately not make it and to, you know, to not play up at the final year of the stadium. I think that, that, year, that year reminds me a lot of this team because of the moves that they made so far with McCutcheon and getting Lance Lynn and getting, uh, you know, J.A. Happ at the deadline. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that ultimately can happen. Now, I understand too that they could that this team also reminds me of the 2015 Yankees when they lost to Houston in the one game wild card at the stadium on my birthday, October 6th. <laughs> so, you know, there's when Dallas Keuchel pitched that beauty of a gem. But uh, you know, that that team reminds me of 2008 with the moves that they made. But uh, you know, it's just. What, what more can I say? I, I don't know where to pinpoint, you know, where to put the blame on with this Yankees team. Yeah, well, it was, you know, you know, when you play teams like the Twins, you know, scoring one one run, I mean, I don't care who the pitcher is on the other side, you know. You have Stanton and you have Judge and you have Hicks and you got Gregorius and you got Labor and you got Andujar, you got Bird Sanders. I mean, you got big, big names scoring one run, two runs, three runs. Well, when the Yankees went on the tier to begin the year, they were scoring seven, eight a game easily. So for, right. so for them to... to, to you know, to kind of, you know, be scoring one run and three runs. You know what I'm saying? Like, you even, if, even if they score four or five, I mean, well, this team is capable of scoring four or five in an inning. So, you right. know, so the fact that they're only scoring one in the game here, two in the game there, you know, they're choosing the wrong time for the bats to go cold. And right. I, I forgot how much the, the, the Red Sox division lead is, but – the Red Sox could be playing that series to clinch the East. I believe so. I, oh. I, I think so. So Right. So if they are, well, that's why it's very imperative. It's very important that this Toronto series and that Baltimore series, which is, you know, sandwiching the three against the Sox, well, those have to be six wins, Will, because, well, you're on the road, and guess who you play after Baltimore, Will? Tampa Bay who always right. gave the Yankees fits, and then they finish the season at Boston for three. So give, give Kevin Cash a lot of credit. I'm sorry to cut you off. Give Kevin Cash a lot of credit this year for managing this team and for also putting in this new style, this new style of putting in the reliever first and then having the starter go out there for six innings. So, you know, give credit to him. He's probably going to most likely win manager of the year. Maybe the Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, is up there too, but give credit to it's going to be a tough race for that AL manager of the year, but we'll talk about that on a different show when we hand out our uh, awards for 
the season for baseball. But, you know, my goodness, you know, this, these teams have played absolutely hard throughout the year. I know there's a lot of things that have been happening and that is, that's been going on. But, you know, it's been absolutely a joy to watch this season to the very least. Yeah, well, so obviously, you know, we just want to want to see see them finish strong. We'll see what happens over the weekend against Toronto, and we'll take it from there. So to outline the next few games for the Yankees, as I said, three against Toronto, three against Boston, three against Baltimore coming up. That right. is the week ahead for the Yankees. Well, on to my Mets, Will. And, well, you know, not to speak too long on the Mets here, Will, but – They've been playing extremely well. You know, they've um they won a doubleheader uh yesterday. The pitching continues to play well. But well, I'm not even gonna talk about the Yankees. I mean sorry, I'm not even gonna talk about the Mets season here because we are, we don't know in about a week and a half to two weeks the season is done. Well, I think even if you're not a fan of the Mets, how awesome was it to see David Wright back at City Field announcing that September 28th, I believe, he's going to suit up and play third base for one last time at City Field against the team that we just finished beating, Miami. Well, as much as I as much as I want to talk about how great the pitching has been, and much as I want to talk about how well they were almost, I think, 17 games under 500 now. Well, now they're I think now they're at seven. So for them to come from where they were to will to have a chance to win about 70, 75 games, you know, that's definitely a big jump. Will. But, Will, just talk about your thoughts because you uh, texted me about it uh, yesterday, Will. How great was it to just see and know that even though this is his, his final game, his final year, Will, that David Wright is back and will be playing for the Mets again? I think, honestly, with the, with the career that he's had, I mean, it's been up and down. I think it's bittersweet to see uh, David Wright playing one more game. I know back injuries have killed him over the years, you know, and he's, I remember in 2015 when he came back, he, he was sort of like the catalyst after the trade deadline when he came back. And you got to see the team rally around him. Now, I know they went out, they got tested it, and they, the Wilmer Flores supposed trade that didn't happen, and everybody uh, went went all in together with each other with the pitching rotation that they had, all with familiar closing games. You know, it, it, it all it was all brought together. But, my goodness, to see this guy come back just for one game, I, I think it's a nice send-off. But, you know, you can see it in his face when his, with his news conference. And, you know, you can, you can read the words. And you, when you read the words, you could feel it. You know, you could feel the fans over the course of time that David Wright has been on the DL, you know, they got robbed of of some pretty good moments with David Wright. But you know what? Ultimately, what a class act. What a gentleman. Everybody talks about Derek Jeter being the Prince of New York and the captain of the Yankees and everything like that. David Wright, you never heard one bad thing about David Wright. You never heard anybody talk badly about Captain America. And you know what, too, with the Mets, you know, it's always like this. They always had the players going out, whether or not they get the players injured throughout the course of their career. They get good players at the end of their careers. David Wright 
has been an absolute gentleman for the New York Mets, and he's been an ambassador for the game of baseball and an ambassador for the Metropolitan franchise. So, you know what, man, like I said, it's bittersweet to see this guy go because, you know, you never heard a bad thing about him, and he always played hard. He always made the plays, and, you know, he always went out there and he played phenomenally well. The one thing that I got to talk about, though, with David Wright, actually two things. Number one, just to get this out of the way, Brothers Pizza in Fresh Meadows has probably the best pizza. Why do I bring that up? In the 2013 All-Star Game uh, uh, program, he brings up Brothers Pizza and he mentions it. I've eaten there, and he mentions it as his best pizza in all of New York. And in fact, his best pizza that he, he loves. So right then there, shout out to Brother Pizza. Um, number two, you know what? I think his career went for the worst in a game in 2009 in San Francisco, against San Francisco at City Field where he got hit in the head, Sean. I know you probably remember this very, very well. Mm-hmm. He was never the same player after that. He was not. So, yeah, you know, you know we, we, we got... We've... We've seen the players come back from it. Um, Giancarlo Senna got hit in his face. <laughs> right. And, but, you right. know, but he came back to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, almost a 60 home run season last season. And he's had a very good season for the uh, pinstripes uh, 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 this year. But, I mean, you know, well, you make a very good point. You know, his, his well, I mean, well, you could say his, the decline of David Wright started when he got hit because, you know, he was um, and never the same and then he gets hurt. And, well, the thing I take away from David Wright is what could have been. He could have helped us in this playoff series or that playoff series or when things are going wrong. And, you know, and, well, I felt like the clubhouse got lost once he got hurt because, you know, then you started seeing, oh, uh, Matt Harvey talking about this and Noah Syndergaard not listening to people and Ioannis Cespedes kind of having the freedom to do his own thing. Well, I don't think David Wright would have set up for any of that. I think David Wright would have said, look, we will always be the little brother to that team from the Bronx. So just because we're the little brother to, to that team from the Bronx, the, the smaller brother, they, they win sometimes too. Little, li- little a brother can win sometimes too, and well, I that's what I'm gonna miss about him. The times that when we needed a bat, we had to depend on other guys not named David Wright. So, well, I know me and you discussed going to the game. I'm gonna try to make that happen. Every I want to make can. that happen, Sean, because I know you're a big Mets fan. I know we want to bring this podcast to to become a really big podcast. And you know what? If we go to this, and I know you're a huge Mets fan, right. I think it'll be great. You know, I, so, I think so, too. I know there's going to be a lot of people there, too. Um, well, I mean, I mean, if we're going to do this, we have to jump on seats now because it, it's those those seats are going to start flying up pretty, pretty soon, Will. Well, so. the secondary market right now for them is going for at least $85. That's the cheapest ticket exactly. on like places like StubHub and, exactly. uh, you know, you know, uh, exactly. and all those places like that. Ticketmaster, even on the Mets side, you can't even get you can't even get like a, a good a good seat. Everything's sold out. So I think the, most, the the cheapest ticket there from the venue is I think four hundred and forty five dollars, and that's sitting down at face value, mind you. Right. But it's sitting all the way down there, but it's still a lot of money. 
definitely. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be something to see. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Especially when he calls his name and he comes up to bat. Well, it's gonna yep. give you chills. It's gonna give you chills. So, me and Will will work on that. Will so, Will um briefly on the field. Will again, like I've been saying, they've been pitching really, really well. They've been winning games. Um, I think they got they got their seventieth win um yesterday. Will so you know Will and this is the point that I tried to make. They couldn't blame this season on Mickey. Uh, Callaway, did he make some mistakes? Yes, all first year managers do. Aaron Boone has done it, Alex Cora has done it, blah blah blah. But, well, you know, you could only play with the hand you dealt, and Mickey Callaway could only put out the players that he was giving to him. And I think he's done a great job from the b- b- bullpen. I think we now have our closer for the future. I fully expect Robert. Zellman to be our a closer next year. I think he fits that mode, especially with the stunning rotation that we expect to have. Will and will you know? And you know the the young guys they're finishing the season strong. Conforto had a great day yesterday in both games. Nemo has kept up his play, and will Dominic Smith? He's lost a lot of weight. He's playing well. I think he knows that you know Peter. Alonzo is on my heels, and I really, really got to start playing well. He's been playing the good the past couple weeks. So, well, just briefly to talk about the Mets on the field, I'm not sure how much you've seen seen of them or heard, but from what you've seen or heard, what is your uh, takeaway about their play the past uh, two weeks or so? You know what? The last time that we spoke, we, we talked about them being the resurgent and resilient Mets and being the, uh, you know, the uh, – well, what's the word to describe them? Spoiler. 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 Your 2018 spoiler New York Mets, and they're resurging as well. They're playing good. Now, ultimately, June was probably their worst month out of the year for them. But, man, have they really picked up the pace, to say the very least. I know that they're the Mets and everything like that, but you got to have some hope. You know, they went up against the Dodgers. They played the Dodgers well out at Dodger Stadium. Uh, same thing with the Giants. Realistically, though, you know, I think that you got to have some high hopes with this team next year. You know what I mean? So, you know, obviously Todd Frazier, Michael Conforto tied the game and won the game, respectively. But, you know, that was yesterday against Miami. But, uh, you know, it, it's just you got to build. You got to build something, and especially with David Wright coming in, playing his final game, his one game. Uh, at the end of the year, it, it's going to be truly something. And you know what? Why not? You know, you got you to gotta have some hope if you're the Mets. Yeah, well, so we shall see how they finish out um, the rest of the year. Well, but, you know, as a fan, you know, it's it's it was – yesterday was a great day seeing them win two games and, you know, uh, seeing them, you know, um, um, you know, and seeing the way that, you know, David Wright um, came back. So, well, just to uh, preview the Mets week, well, the Mets are actually playing an interleague series this weekend. Well, the Mets are in Boston. Boston. And they actually lead uh, one zip right now um, um, going to the bottom of the first. They're at Boston for three. They're at Philly for three. And they're at Washington for four before they end the season at home against the Braves and then the last series against the Miami Marlins. So that wraps up the Yankees and the Mets. Well, as we discussed about the pennant races and the wild card races, well, like we said, depend like depending on when we do the show, 
the National League West, these teams are going to change. Well, the last time we spoke, the Diamondbacks were in the league. Today, the Rockies are in the league. Um, um, lead, sorry. Well, we'll just talk about that race and how crazy it's been. And it's really a fun race to watch coming down towards the end. Absolutely. You know, you talk about the NL West. I mean, you also talk about, too, the, uh, the, uh, the NL Wild Card along with the NL Central. Talk about the NL Central too, but we'll get to that in a minute. We'll skip the NL Central in a minute. My goodness, man! You know, with the uh, NL West, the Dodgers, the Rockies, you know, and even the Diamondbacks—they—they've been having themselves really, really great years. But I'll tell you one thing: you know, Los Angeles—you cannot sleep on a team like Los Angeles going down the stretch because this weekend, yeah, they're playing in St. Louis for three for four games. They wound up winning. Thursday night, they play tonight at 8.15 at Bush Stadium, and then obviously Saturday and Sunday. But then they go up and they play Colorado the week after that at Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the series after that right. against St. Louis at home, San Diego, right. and then Arizona on the road, and then San Francisco. Those are basically all division games right there that the Dodgers got to win. Right. And then you look at, you look at the, the Rockies, you know, yeah, they got to go up against San Francisco, but they got to go up against Philly. They got to go up against Arizona. And I, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen an end of the year, you know, the way how this is shaping up. Now, I know 2011 comes up a lot with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Rays and everything like that. But, you know, along with St. Louis getting in, in 2011 and wound up winning the World Series. But, you know, my goodness, man, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a much more of a crazy schedule situation more than the Seno West. And then we talk about the Brewers, talk about the Brewers and, and the Cubs. You know, they're only showing, what, a, a game and a half, out, four and a half games out of each other, you know. The Brewers are a game and a half back of the Cubs. The Cardinals right. the are Cardinals four and a half. Four and a half out. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it, it, dude, it, it's just absolutely crazy what's been going on up there. And I'm, a friend of mine and I, we were talking about this earlier. And when they made, when the Brewers made the move for Christian Yelich and for Lorenzo Cain uh, during the offseason, I said this team can be a World Series favorite. And if they get in the postseason picture, whether or not they get in through the division, whether or not they get in through the uh, the wild card scenario, anything is possible, you know. So, Sean, I I don't know, man. This is gonna this is shaping up to be one of the crazier finishes in all of baseball, especially in the National League. Yeah, well, you know, you can make a case that the only division winners we know right now, it seems like Boston's going to win the East. We could kind of give Boston the East. You could definitely give the Indians the Central. And then in the National League, I think you could you could probably go ahead and give the Braves the East. Well, after that, we don't know who's going to win the American League West, the NL Central, the NL West. And, I mean, you could – I mean, we know most likely the A's – and the Yankees are going to be the two wildcard teams just have to decide, like, who's going to be home and on the road. But, well, for this late in the season to only know three three teams that are pretty much going to be playing October or baseball, well, right. it's crazy. It really, really is. And, oh, it is. 
and and well, you know, and the funny thing is, is that a month ago or a month and a half, nobody thought the Cardinals would be here. They fired their manager. They made a trade. Tommy Pham was gone, and they're only four and a half. Um, uh, you forgot one up. thing, Sean, about the Cardinals. I, I'm amped up about this guy, Matt Carpenter. Yes. You got to mention Matt Carpenter because without him, the Cardinals wouldn't be where they are right now. He went on like a two or three week tear where every time he swung the ball, home run, home run, home run, home run. Like he was really on firewall. So, you know. Even so, if they don't make it, Sean, even if they don't make it into the postseason, he's still going to get MVP votes. Oh, yeah, because he's. Uh, kind of like you said, well, he single-handedly carried carried that team. He had single-handedly um, carried that team when guys are out and guys aren't performing to, you know, the expectations. Uh, well, he's definitely carried that team well. So, well, to give the fans the updated uh, divisions right now, the Red Sox 10.5 up in the east, the Indians 15 up in the central, and the Astros lead the A's by 3.5 in the American League West. In the National League East, the Braves are seven and a half games up on Philly. The Cubs are a game and a half up on the Brewers, four and a half up on the Cardinals. And in the NL West, the Rockies are one and a half games up on the Dodgers, four and a half games up on the Diamondbacks. Well, I'm going to make this proclamation now. I think the Diamondbacks, you can take them out, even though I know things could change. I think this is a two-horse race. In the West, I think the NOS will be represented by either the Rockies or the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks, they've been uh, slipping, so I think you could take them out. But, Will, aside from that, the Central, three teams can win it there. The wild card, you don't know what's going on there. And, Will, if the A's finish the season strong, the A's could catch the Astros for the West. And, Will, if they do, if they do, Will, that means that the Yankees Astros again could meet in a one in a one game a playoff world. So it's just real crazy the different type of scenarios that can happen between now and then. Absolutely. You know, you talk about scenarios. Listen to these all these teams you just gotta go out there and play. And, you know, you get you have all these scouting reports, shifts, all that stuff. Just go out there and play and you know what? Everything will take care of the Everything will take care of itself. Like, you know, I'm hyped up for the postseason coming up. Uh, you know, I bought my ticket for the wild card game already. Uh, if the Yankees do indeed go on, they're going to have to go on and play the Red Sox. That's going to be an interesting series. I'll be at ALDS games three and four at the stadium. So, you know, it, it's going to be uh, – I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the fall. I cannot wait for October. My favorite time of month, hockey coming up, football going in. Basketball obviously happening right now, and baseball as well. So it, 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 this is, Sean, you can agree with me, this is the best time of year right now, hands down. It is the ending of September into October football starting college and pro baseball division races. Well, by the time we blink, hockey camps and NBA camps are opening up soon. So, you know, well, this is what, this is when, well, when we started the show, this is the time of year that we couldn't wait for. End of September, We've been talking, early October. We talked about it. Right, because we all, about it all the time. Right, because all four major sports in in one month, Will, in one month, the month of October is the only month we get all four major sports in play. Absolutely. So definitely looking forward to that. 
Will, any final thoughts on anything, sir? Yes, I have a couple. Uh, first and foremost, Serena Williams, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, I know she got a lot of flack. She always gets all this media spotlight on her. But, you know, for you to, for her to do this, and I know it's been mentioned before with regards to her uh, going in and uh, just basically saying, you know, she got cheated out of points. Well, she cheated herself. Let's be first. Let's be frank about that. Okay. She cheated herself out of points. I know they say in tennis, you know, the whole coaching thing, you cannot coach from the stands. You cannot coach in general to a player when a player is playing out there. But for her to demand apology to the referee, and then, you know, I get the frustration of the racket slamming, losing a point, losing losing that. But for, you know, bringing up the, the gender card because I'm a female and to bring up her kid and everything like that, there's no need for that. There's no need for you to feel like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're painting a picture in a bad, in a bad light for yourself here. Right. If you're Serena Williams, she's making the money. She's getting endorsements no matter what. She's an activist for women's rights. There's no need for that. And it, especially in a championship game where everybody is watching you, you know, and where you have kids watching, trying to become like her. You know, you talk about uh, Osaka dreaming of, we talk about Osaka dreaming of being put into that situation, playing up against her idol, Serena Williams, in that, in that scenario. Dude, there, is, there was no need for that at all. In fact, you know what? That tirade just shows her who she is. So, you know, I, again, just horrible, horrible. The one good thing about all this is, Sean, is the fact that she went up to Osaka and she basically just told all the fans and everything like that, don't boo Osaka and everything like that. But you know what? At the end of the day, Serena, you know, Serena Williams just basically just did herself wrong. There's no need to bring up the, the female card. There's no need to bring up the, uh, the, uh, the mom card here. When it, when it all talks about winning and losing a game, it's all excuses. Bottom line, whiners do not win games, plain and simple. That's not a way how it should that. Yeah, well, I definitely agree with you. That's not the way you want to portray yourself. And, well, you know, it's, it's not like the match was close. Like, she got spanked. I think it was 6-4, right. 6-2, or 6-4, or 6-2, 6-4, so... Osaka right. definitely came to play. She deserved that, and she just got a huge deal from. I forgot who, who the company was, but she just got a huge deal there. So, congrats to her. But yeah, you know, and well, this is not the first time that Serena has showed up a ump. You know, she's done it um before, and we've never and seen Venus uh, act like this. Like Venus has right. never showed up ump. Like she's like if it's a wrong call, maybe she talk to the ump after afterwards. But for Serena mid match to do that, that was not cool. Especially to demand an apology during the game, and oh, I'll never have you refer my games, everything like that. That's no way for a champion to act like that, and especially when you're making millions upon millions of dollars like that. You know, it, it, it's crazy. She's going to make her money no matter what. Right. And congratulations to Osaka right. for winning her U.S. Open championship. Right. But uh, you know, it's just 
you know, it, it's sad to see that. You know right. what I mean? It really is sad to see that. It definitely is. And, also. and also, yes. uh, a quick thought yes. on hockey. How about Eric Carlson going over from the uh, Ottawa Senators over to the San Jose Sharks? You know, one of the probably the best defensemen in all of the National Hockey League getting paired up with probably another great defenseman in Brett Burns. Brett, Brett Burns, you know? right. So, it's crazy. What's Good luck scoring goals against the Sharks, Will. Absolutely. And they, <laughs> the Islanders got to go up against the Sharks on Columbus Day on October 8th, the third game of the year, mind you. But, Yikes. you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's tough. And then, on top of that, another hockey move, Max, Max Pacioretty going over to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. My goodness. What a, what a team Las Vegas is going to have next year. Huh? I, d- I did not even uh, see that, Will. Max Pacioretty, the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, going over now to the Vegas Golden Knights. My goodness. You know, what what a line that's going to be, huh? Having star power like that. It, it, it's unbelievable. That team's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, well, I did you not know? even see that move, so... So you definitely um, uh, broke some news to me there. But, yeah, for an expansion team to make it, you know, that far they did and then to add a star like Max, you know, that's big for them. Well, also, uh, Taylor Seguin or Seguin gets a big eight-year contract extension from the Stars. What do you think uh, of that move? You know, he he deserves it. He's obviously been the face of that franchise for a very long time with the Dallas Stars. Um, You know, him, uh, Ben, Klingberg, obviously they had Ben Bishop over there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this team, they were this close to making it, literally yay close to making it to the postseason last year, but the Stanley Cup playoffs, excuse me. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things, man, that as a, uh, as a fan of hockey, it's really promising to see all these young stars and actually seeing competition from every team, unlike basketball where you have all the superstars on one team now and having a, a product where you're having a bunch of superstars and then you have your young talent here. But we'll save that for, for our basketball show. We're going to have a big basketball show folks, ready for you and also a big hockey show ready for all you listening coming in. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fun to say the very least within the next couple of weeks. But like I said, the comparison of hockey of talent is, you know, the team-wise, anyway, you have a bunch of teams is far greater than having basketball with all your superstars on one team. So, it, it's, the hockey's going to be fun. Sounds like a plan, Will. Will, you have fun tonight and the fundraiser, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you next week Local in the studio. Local in the house, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it, Will. All right, Will. Um, no, not, no, 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 oh my God. I don't have any really, uh, final thoughts. Just, you know, um, you know, just looking forward to the college and, uh, pro football weekend ahead. We'll see how we do on our picks and, you know, just uh, looking forward to the next show. Will. So, well, you have a fun weekend and enjoy yourself and, uh, I'll see you in our studio soon, pal. Can't wait, man. Hey, look. Signing out from NYCV Live, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> I am William Chirucci. Just looking at my seats over here, man, the Coliseum is much, much better than Barclays Center. 
watching it at a hockey game. You can see the oval, you can see the seats and everything like that. And you can see the actual rink itself, dude. I love this arena. I cannot wait for hockey to come back. Well, it's do me awesome a favor. Take, take a picture and a... Uh, and, uh, and, uh, I'll, post it, I'll, I'll post it, dude. Don't worry. I will Perfect. post it. It'll be awesome. And right, bro. also, too, I cannot wait for the Jet home opener. Jet life is going to be absolutely rocking, to say the very least. I cannot wait for that. You know what, man? It's just absolutely crazy. And you know what? I cannot wait to hold that flag out out on the field at uh at at Jet Life, you know, to the national anthem. So it's gonna be awesome. I cannot wait. That's awesome, Ryan. And you did the deserve it. Well, you're a very very hardworking guy. So you know, you go to these events and you get special opportunities like this. I'm definitely happy slash proud of it. Um, uh, w man, so can't wait to talk Sean, to you, and we shall talk. Sean, you about are hardworking as well, man. Don't ever discredit yourself as well. You are a hardworking man as well. I appreciate that, pal. So, all right, well, have fun. I will talk to you soon for William Trucci, aka Will C. I'm Sean Thompson, aka Sean T. On the board, sports signing out. Later, guys. All right, well.